This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Buckle up everybody because the new season is here. Stick with us as we predict what we think will happen in the 2023-24 campaign while also reading out some of your hottest takes along the way. It's Thursday the 10th of August. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Ollie McCool. And I'm David Park. And this is the City Report Podcast. Here for Gundogan! It is a thrilling start for Manchester City. The fastest Welcome, 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 Thursday, Thursday Club, and we've got you in good company for today's show. Um, As always, at this point of the show, if you are new around here, please hit follow, hit subscribe. It really, really helps us. Heading into the new campaign, it means we can get this podcast out to as many people as possible and hopefully hear from you as well. Leave a rating as well if you can. Reviews, they really help. And... As always, FPL, it starts on Friday, don't be, don't forget. Our league is live. Joining code is in the description of this podcast along with the link. So get yourselves into that if you aren't already. David, where are you going to finish in the City Report podcast FPL league? Champions League spots. Champions League spots coming out fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Ollie, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be happy with... I think I'd be happy with not finishing bottom. I am absolutely one of those people who whose F- FPL season lasts from August to, if I'm lucky, October. So if I at the end of the campaign, having not looked for it, at it for about six months, I'd be glad if I'm not bottom. Yeah, my, I'm pretty much the same, except mine probably lasts from, well, this year, what is it? You know, middle of August to the end of August. Um, and, then I'll, and then I'll revisit it in January after the window. Um yeah, I think in in one of my mates' groups there was it was an exact twenty team league, and I finished fifteenth or something like that. So, 
Any anything around that sort of area, I'd be happy with. Are you the Crystal Just, Palace you know, of FPL? Yeah, I am that. I am that person. I I am that person who just sits solidly in lower mid table and hopes for the best. Perfect. Perfect. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Hey, Spotifyers, click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar, the freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. Well, it leads us nicely then, I guess, onto what we're here to speak about today. It is our not so much Premier League, but probably Premier League focused, more 2023-24 campaign predictions. If you haven't already, on Tuesday, we did our City preview. That's where we went into the, we did a deep dive into the analytical side of things, looking at what City might look like this season. Gloves are off for this one because we are going for the fun stuff. Like I said, Thursday club, we're gonna we're gonna take the shackles off and we're gonna have some fun. Um, first part of the show, then we're gonna we're gonna try and sort of put together what we think the Premier League table might look like. You know, obviously, I'm not too bothered about who finishes twelfth. Um, albeit nobody would have predicted Chelsea last season, but you know. The, the big trophies, the Champions League, the relegation, etc. Um, we'll start at the top of the table and, and we'll actually start with you, David. How we'll do it. I want you to read to me, if you can, your top four in order. We'll discuss it a little bit and then, Ollie, you can get a chance to do yours as well. Top four in order. City. Yeah, so starting with the Premier League. Wins. It's going to be City. Nice. Back in it. That'll Confidence do. is there. We're going for number four. So City number one. I'm going to go Arsenal number two. Then I'm going to go Liverpool. I think they're going to do better than I think a lot of people are mm-hmm. thinking. And then Newcastle. That's my top four. Newcastle back-to-back Champions League finishes. That's a, that's a that's a bold shout, David, straight off the bat. Um, obviously, for those who listen to Tuesday's show, you'll know that we spoke a little bit about City's competitors, who we expected them to be. I kind of, by process of elimination, Ollie, whittled it down to it being Arsenal purely because the gaps in every other team were so glaringly obvious. United don't have the goals. Chelsea have a lot of players, but how many of them are capable of challenging for a title? Maybe two or three. And one of them played for City for five or six years. Um, Liverpool, I, I really like Liverpool's team. However, they have no holding midfielder on the eve of the new Premier League campaign starting. So that's a, an issue. Arsenal are probably the most complete of the bunch. Does City finish top of that? You'd expect so, but in terms of that second spot, I feel like it could be Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, my top three is the exact same. Uh, City, Arsenal, Liverpool. City are the pick of the bunch, as they have been for the last three years. That's not changing. Arsenal, they look the closest. They look the most complete of the other 19 teams in the league, but they just... I look, I look at them and I think if you're signing Kai Havertz to make the step up to beat Manchester City, something's gone wrong in your transfers there. Um, I just don't see, I just don't see it them being there yet. Uh, Liverpool, there's a lot of goals in that team, but there's also a lot of holes in that team. And then I'll nice. put Man United fourth because 
I've put Man United fourth because I think Newcastle are going to get bogged down with Champions League and going for mm. a cup and Man United, whilst not complete and there's not a lot of goals in that squad, I think they'll do enough defensively to secure Champions League football again. But they're not going. But I think there's going to be a clear gap between the top three and four. Here's the question, then, Ollie. I'll, I'll start this one with you. What will the points gap between, in your world, City finishing first and Arsenal finishing second be? Because obviously last season it was five. A lot of the talk has been Arsenal have closed the gap, albeit with a two hundred million pound dent in their wallet. Do you see them taking it a little bit further? Does it go beyond the final three games of the season like it did this time around? Or last time around, I guess now? No, I think the gap has closed in quality, but the gap in points is going to be a bit wider. I think it's going to be about eight to ten. Uh, I just I just I just think City are just are that good defensively. They mm. they look in that backline looks imperious. And I don't see that in other teams. Arsenal have a very, very good defence. Um you know, Newcastle were one of the best defensive teams in the league last season, but there's no one who's anywhere near City's level. And, you know, when you have Erling Haaland in your team who can just pop up with a goal from absolutely nothing, um, and so many players who can and so many players who can just hit a long shot like Rodri or, you know, find opportunities like that, I think City are gonna not walk it, but I don't think it's gonna be as tight as it was last year. Yeah, that, that, that does make sense, and I can see a world where that happens. Um, David, are you similar? Do you think it's going to be one of them seasons for City where we look back at it and go, I, I said this wasn't the City preview, but it feels like who else is going to win the league? Famous last words, of course. Nobody expected Arsenal this time last year to be up there. Who knows, Chelsea might, Angie's Tottenham could make a, a go for it. I'll be, I, I doubt it, but... You know, if things do play out, do you expect it to be, to be one of those seasons where City go on and, you know, I'm thinking back to 2020-21 where they won it with five games to go, you know, a 10-point gap. Or do you think it could be a little bit like two seasons ago when Gundogan won it on the final day? I, I, I think if it's close, we will do that eight, nine-point gap that Oli said because I, I don't see how mm. Arsenal go toe-to-toe with us and we lose. We've never really gone toe-to-toe in a, a title race and lost it. When Liverpool came back after their like near miss, it was when City had a massive drop off. Mm. I just I, at the moment the confidence is so strong in City. I don't see us losing a a, a fight with Arsenal if they have a bit of a drop off like they did last year. I don't think their signings have been with enough experience and, and quality to to stop them from having that massive wobble which they had last mm. year. I, I haven't seen that they've spent a lot of money and bought good players, but I don't think they're the players that are gonna drag them through when they they start wobbling, which could happen. They're, they're not going to have the start of the season that they had last year either. They're not going to go on whatever it was, 49 points out of 50 or whatever crazy mm-hmm. run. They just won't. Teams don't do that back-to-back. So it will be a close one, but I just see if we're in that, like Pep always says, if we're within touching distance come the last 10 games of the season, I'm backing us again for the fourth year, 100%. No, yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's difficult at this point, but, you know, who knows, even by the end of the transfer window, a major signing Mbappe to Arsenal, could you imagine? Could you imagine the the Arsenal fans reacting to that? Jesus, it'd be insufferable. Um, Okay, let's sort of widen the focus a little bit onto the wider Premier League itself. I tell you what, we'll we'll miss out the, the fifth to 
15th sort of mess because I think genuinely any team in there could probably finish. Um, quickly though, Ollie, uh, just one team that I feel like deserves a mention, Aston Villa. A lot of people have backed them to challenge for the top four. Personally speaking, I see them more, I, I see their chances of getting Europe being through the Europa Conference League, not so much the uh, positions in the league. They've made some decent signings. Do you expect them to have a, a season that's been as it's built? Or do you feel like it's going to be a bit more... Um, the drop-off with European football for them will be a little bit harsher. I, well, I wrote out a 1-20 and I put them seventh. Um, but okay. like you say, I, th- I think from f- from fourth, fifth down to about tenth, those teams can finish anywhere in that gap. Mm. Um, and, that, and, you know, the likes of Aston Villa, Brighton, Brentford, Tottenham... Chelsea, Newcastle, I th- you could put them in any order and there's justification for it. But um, I think Villa have made some of the smartest signings of this window. So mm-hmm. I don't think they're completely out of, you know, getting European football and league placement alone. But I could see I could see them picking up the Europa, Europa Conference League. They look one of the strongest teams in that so far. Uh, well, I say so far. I mean, it hasn't started, obviously. But, you know, they look <laughs> on paper one of the strongest yeah. sides. Yeah, definitely. Uh, David, you are a West Midlands boy, or at least that's where you're living at the moment. You're surrounded by Villa fans. I'm sure you're hoping they're fighting for relegation, not for Champions League football. Yeah, I think I said it in the chat the other week, didn't I, that Villa fans, for me, are insufferable. They they are... They're, yeah, I won't go into too much of it, but I do think they have had a very, very strong summer. Um, I, I think I said it as well, that they've, they've signed well, their squad's better, they've got the extra games, but I still don't think Ollie Watkins is going to full, fulfil a full season as a main striker, and that will end up holding them back from getting above sixth. I just, I just don't see him having a strong full season. He's never had a strong full season. He poor under Gerrard, then came good under Emery. It's, I've never seen him do it, and I don't think they've really got the backup goals in them. Might be wrong, but yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they add another player in that mould of someone who can chip in with 10 goals. Um, I said it a few weeks ago, Aston Villa have made the sort of signings you're happy your club hasn't made particularly, but you're glad to see someone else. Because they're really, really interesting, as you say, Oli. Pau Torres, obviously linked with City for a little bit. Musa Diaby, really exciting player. I'm just not sure exactly how they'll fare in the Premier League. Um, Let's move on to the uh, bottom of the table then. Uh, David Stein with you. Have you got a bottom three that you think is is set on? Because I know last year, a lot of the talk around March time was the fact that it was going to be one of the tightest Premier League relegation scraps of all time. Granted, there were, I think it was three teams who could go down on the final day, but Southampton went pretty early. Trying to think who was the other one in there. Leicester and Leeds obviously got relegated on the final day of the season, but it was a little bit, you know, it was rudimentary. Do you see it being a little bit like that this season, or do you reckon there's going to be considerably three teams who will be there for the majority of the campaign? I think there's a, there's a mini little group that it could be without the season starting already, but Sheffield United have had a pretty poor transfer window that I wouldn't, I can't see them having a a really mm. strong season this year. Luton, I've never really seen too much of them, so I can't pass comment, but not all three newly promoted sides are going to stay up. It just doesn't doesn't seem to happen, does it, that often? So I'd, I'd put no. Luton in there with Sheffield United. Wolves, what what on earth is going on at Wolves? They've been, <laughs> they've been there and thereabouts. They seem to have let the whole squad go, the manager go. They could quite easily get the chop. Bournemouth, potentially mm. in, in the mix down there. Um West Ham, who knows if they don't start signing some players soon, they could they only 
got out of the, the mud by the skin of their teeth, didn't they, at the end of last season. So I think there'd be a little group. I think, like you said, come Christmas, we'll probably see there's probably four and it'll be three or four. But I, I, if I'm just going to say right now, I'd say Luton, Sheffield United and Wolves. Personally speaking, I, I feel like we can skip to the end of the season because I don't see anyone other than Sheffield United, Luton or Wolves surviving, Ollie. Um, it, it feels like that is basically where we are. They, they are... On paper, anyway, at this point, they're considerably the or, the or the three worst teams in the league. Yeah, my, my bottom three is the exact same. Sheffield United are going to do their best derby 2008 impression. Uh, <laughs> they look absolute. They've had a a dire dire window, um, end dire window, you could say. Well, hey, um, for a stupid pun, um, Luton. Uh, on paper, they should go down. I think, and and if you look at who they've brought in. They look like they're building for a season in the championship next season. They look like they're building to be a squad to come back up. Well, it looks like um, they're building the stadium for starters. Yeah, and, and and that as well. And then Wolves, I mean, the situation at Wolves looks tragic uh, for a club who were, you know, came into the Premier League a, couple of, a few years ago and set their sights on getting European football and achieved it, I think, to, uh, to, of two of their seasons in the Premier League. Building an incredible squad full of, you know, of George Mendes's best talents, um, except Jao Felix. Um, I'm quite shocked he's never ended up at Wolves yet. Uh, maybe this is the season. <laughs> um, but they, they just, they just look absolutely desperate to go down. They're, they're, it's like they're asking for it. But I think at the same time, in my in my table, I've done everyone from twelfth down looks like a, a potential relegation candidate. If you know, it's going to be decided on who gets the one nil against each other who who gets the cheeky last minute winners um because everton look as awful as ever they've done next to no business uh and sean dyche the magic for him has worn off um not that there was much there anyway nottingham forest <laughs> haven't strengthened and you know i don't blame them because there's no money in that club after the ridiculous year they had in the tran- in the transfer mm. windows last year west ham I'd expect David Moyes to pull something out of the bag there, but you know it's it's not pretty, and especially you know with some of the rumours uh, that have come out in the last couple of days uh, involving us as well at City with Paquetta. If Paquetta goes, who knows what could happen yeah, to them? Yeah, um, Fulham have had a dire window, and then Burnley, Burnley and Bournemouth are the two I think are safe, really. But when you play risky football like company and like Areola do, anything can happen in the Premier League when you haven't got the players to back it up against an Arsenal, against a Liverpool, and now against a Villa or a Brighton or a you know a club like that. So but you know, the three worst at the moment before the season starts are Wolves, Luton and Sheffield United. If Luton and Sheffield United stay up, they are two of the luckiest teams of <laughs> just I mm. just go they may as well just not play the games, just take the money and run, lads. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. It's that um, bad for them. I'm sure those Luton fans who have waited so long to be in the Premier League will be uh, excited by that uh, that prospect. Um, keep an eye on Fulham. I think they're going to have a difficult season. Obviously, they started so well. Second season bounced. They kept hold of the manager, which was a big one. Obviously, they've fallen out with Mitrovic as well. I feel like they could struggle a little bit. Um, right, okay, then quickly, let's try and sort of uh, plug the gaps with everything else. Always difficult, David, to predict an FA Cup or League Cup winner. We don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, the easy bet is a, a top six team or a big six team because they usually make it to the final. Is there anyone in particular you feel like could have a decent cup run 
run. Obviously, Newcastle came close. Aston Villa have are in that mould where they're probably not going to go down. They've got European football. They might look to target a trophy as well. Anyone standing out for some silverware? I've got a feeling that, well, I think when we discussed it uh, earlier in the week, that Liverpool, Chelsea and Villa, one of those or maybe okay. even two of them will win a FA Cup and a League Cup. I think Liverpool are going to be desperate for a trophy again after a year off. Chelsea... They could just sneak through with the players they've got. They, they've got a funny squad. It's not it's not the, the best, mm. but they have got some strong players that, that could get them over the line. And then Villa, they've got Mr. Cup final himself, haven't they, Emery? So they could quite <laughs> easily they could quite easily get through and then and not lose. I mean, they nearly well, they didn't nearly beat us, but it was a close <laughs> final, wasn't it? When we played them all them years ago. Um, but I, I do yeah. back us to, to get one of the domestic ones again. I think we will take that. Either we'll get the league cup back finally. Or we'll go for back to back on the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that uh, that early February or late February trip to Wembley for the League Cup final. Um, Oli, domestic cups. Is it going to be a clean sweep for Manchester City? Uh, I th- I, I, I'm in the same boat. I want the League Cup back. I think it's every mm. City fan's favourite trophy. Um, whether we're, whether whether serious or <laughs> what not. a stupid um, football club this is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, but but the thing is, it's right that that final in February. If you go there and win it, that's a huge motivational boost for the rest of your season. Mm. For for a club like us who are constantly fighting for a title, picking up a trophy right before the running is so important for motivation. Um, so I'd I'd like to see us get there. And then the two that I kind of have ticked off: uh, Chelsea and Brighton. I think Chelsea not having European football is going to be a huge boost for their cut runs um, because they w- they'll be able to play their first eleven in some games. And then mm-hmm. Brighton, I think they've had runs in, in the FA Cup, you know, two of the FA Cup semi-finals since they came back up in 2017. Um, so I think maybe this is the year they get to a final. Um, whether it's the FA Cup or the League Cup, I'm unsure. But you know that squad, especially if they keep hold of Caicedo. Um, which is to be decided. If they keep a hold of him, then mm. I think that squad looks even stronger. So Brighton, I want to watch, but um, yeah, yeah, I, it wouldn't be a surprise if City took both, would it? No, no, it certainly wouldn't. Um, okay, then, David, Champions League. Obviously, for the benefit of those listening, you're you, you, you're donning the new kit. You've got the Champions League patch on one arm. It's looking splendid. Is that one going to turn into a two, do you think, later on in the season? Or will somebody take Manchester City's European crown off the head? I'm, I'm, I've probably never been so confident as a City fan as I am right now on the back of the treble. So I'm happy to say and put my, my hat on it and say, yeah, we're going to go and do back-to-back. I think, I think nice. we've got it in us. I like that, I like that. I think we're over the hurdle. We discussed it at the tail end of last season that there was that huge, huge mental block. We even saw it in the final itself. We were pretty, pretty poor for a lot, like a lot of the larger part of the game. But I think we could do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you've always got to, uh, like you say, Real Madrid are always somebody. It doesn't matter what players we've got; they're always going to be there or thereabouts. But again, it, you know, it is a, a relatively poor European landscape. Um, Oli, uh, one name who who may or may not win the Champions League, Arsenal. Could you see it happening? No. No. <laughs> no. I th- no I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be fair. I think they could go far, but, it, but if they come up against us in a semi-final, we'll trounce them like we always do. Uh, mm. It's that simple. You know, you, easy. Easy. I mean, they, they'll scream about this community shield for, you know, until we play them in, when is it, October? 
they'll scream about, oh, we finally beaten Manchester City, but you didn't beat Manchester City. You, it was what it was one one after a hundred after a hundred minutes, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it was the luckiest goal we've ever seen. Akanji didn't see it at all. So, and I think it'll be business as usual when we when we played them in the league this year. And if we were, and I think, I think we'll go far because they look a strong side. They, they're a strong side, and the rest of Europe looks pretty, quite weak. You know, Barcelona mm. don't look ready for it yet. Real Madrid, as as good as their business has been, they do lack a striker, and they've had a difficult time finding a place to for Bellingham um, with the rest of their midfield. Um, you know, what is it like a, a, a diamond Ancelotti's playing? I can see him being sat mid-season, to be honest, and then trying oh, to bring well. back Zidane one more time and do something like that. Bayern, if they get Harry Kane, that's the Bayern getting Harry Kane is the only way they could be in with a shout of it. We demolished them last season, and if they don't have a proper striker, we'll demolish them again if we were to come up against them, um, because we're even better defensively this year. Uh, and I'm just trying to think if, if there's anyone else. Italy, you know, they may have got to the three the three finals last year, but they're not going to make a single quarter final this year. Um, that's my that's that's my European hot take. Italy will not build on its progress, and they will and they will go backwards as a all of their clubs because they just look they'll come for you nowhere near they'll 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 come after you <laughs> if, if if they want to they can but they're just but they'll be wrong to because you know accept <laughs> your place in the natural order and then and then psg you know they've, they've sent one of the best players in the world to train with the undesirables as they're calling it <laughs> psg are a mess and my, and my other hot take is they're not getting out of the group oh Luis Enrique has walked into an absolute shit show and the poor bloke isn't going to do anything to make it any better. They are screwed. Well, uh, get lump your money on already. Um, yeah, yeah, PSG are an absolute shambles. Um, but we'll have to wait and see for that one. Champions League obviously coming, uh, the group stage coming between now and Christmas. Um, for the final part of part one, I just want you to list off some names. No context attached, just your opinions. David, starting off with the signing of the season. Who do you think will be the signing of the season? Ooh. I think I, I'm going to go City again just with my, my blue glasses on and say Vardio signing the season. I think he's going to be fantastic. Once he gets in the team, it might take a few weeks with, with Ake being number one on the side. But once I think he's in, mm. he'll be a mainstay for City and we'll see almost the same impact Diaz had, if not bigger, than when he signed. Ollie, signing of the season? The boring people will say Declan Rice, the smart people will say Kovacic. Oh, there we go. Um, um, this is the fun one. Flop of the season. David, who is going to be the flop of the season? Obviously, new transfer. Who's going to who's going to flop the hardest? Mason Mount. Mason Mount. Mason Mason Moneyboy Mount. Um, Ollie, any up in that? Yeah. No, it's going to be Mason Mount. It's obvious. <laughs> Well, there you go. Um, bad news for Man United fans, good news for everyone else. Mason Mount, uh, just pack it in already. There's no point. Um, join us after this very short advert break as we have a look at some of your hot takes, react to them, laugh to them, and maybe even give you a bit of plaudits. The NFL is here, and it's all about the sweet offers from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FIELDGOAL to sign up. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. As I've said earlier, if you haven't already, make sure you are following, make sure you're subscribing, and also make sure you join in our FPL League. That kicks off on Friday. City, obviously the first game. You get to see who of the City Report podcast community and the listeners has the best ball knowledge. So it's certainly something to get involved in. Um, right, okay then, for the final sort of 10 minutes or so of today's show, we put a tweet out asking for some of your hot takes for the new season. We're going to read them out, we're going to react to them and we're going to see where we end up with. Um, okay, then let's start off with some from the contributors itself. Um, Luke Bardsley said, Chelsea will finish in in the top four. Ollie, it's, I wouldn't call it a hot take. It's probably uh Lemon and Herb Nando's take, to be honest with you. It's not, you know, it's not up in, it's not rooting, you know, there's not nothing really going on there, but I guess given they finished 12th last season, it is hottish. Who's scoring the goals in that side though? Like, if, mean, if, if they go and get a striker, if, if, if they go get a striker, then yeah, but I don't see them getting, you know, Nicholas Jackson isn't going to get them the 20, 30 goals they need. Uh, Raheem Sterling's finished. Um, Noni Maduet looks a talent, and they've got a couple of other players who look who look talented. Mm. But there's no, but there's no guarantee of goals in that side. You know, Mudrick really. I, I mean, he's, he's a good he's a good little player, but is he a great player? I'm yet to be convinced. In a couple of years, they'll be back there, but not yet. Maybe it's hotter than a far. Um, how about this one then from Joe Ricci, David? He he provides us with free, actually, which is very generous. A couple of contributors have done that, but he said Spurs will finish ninth, awfully specific. Burnley will score more league goals than Chelsea, which kind of backs onto Ollie's point about them not having any goals. And personally, my favourite one, David Moyes will be sacked by two different clubs. Um, what's the <laughs> hottest in there, do you think, David? And, uh, and and what's the most likely to come true? Blimey, I think the hottest is probably the David Moyes one. I didn't see that one coming. I hadn't read that, <laughs> I hadn't read that on Twitter. That would be, um, I'd be very shocked if that happens. But at the same time, they're quite believable. Um, Burnley one I think could quite happen quite easily mm. but if Burnley start the season well um, I don't see why their confidence won't just grow and grow and obviously they, they love they love scoring goals they play nice football that could happen what was, this, what was the first one again? Uh, Spurs will finish ninth finish I reckon ninth. that's probably the, the most probably the most possible to come true eighth, ninth, yeah. tenth something like that if Harry Kane goes then it's you you put your house on it now, 100%. If he stays, mm. he might score them to a few more wins with penalties and his mm. rifling shots from nowhere. But I think if he goes, it's that's absolute odds on. Absolutely. Um, okay. 
Oliver Kirsch, um, having finished his uh, moaning session after being dumped out of the John Stones paint trophy, he did send us in a hot take. It was actually the one that got the most likes on Twitter, so it tells you, uh, and, and replies as well, saying they agree with it. But, Ollie, again, it was free-pronged. Klopp walks, Hoyland doesn't get 10 Premier League goals, Arsenal finish below Newcastle. Are any of those going to be coming true? Um, I could see the Hoyland one happening because I think, I mean, I mean, this back injury, um, as a cricket fan, any time I hear the word stress fracture of the back, mm. you know, I, I get nervous shakes. Um, so if I was a Man United fan, I'd be very worried because that's, that's a serious injury. Um, and that could probably, I think that's going to affect his season a lot if that keeps to be, if that keeps being a recurring issue. And frankly, he just doesn't look the talent they're buying yet. In a, in a year or two, he could be excellent. But not not yet, not yet. There's going to be so much pressure on him. I can't. I almost. I almost feel sorry for him um, because there's just so much pressure on him at 72 million pounds to perform, and he's not going to hit the heights people want immediately. Mm. Um, but clock, clock walking, the other clock walking feels quite a hot take because I just don't think he would. I think mm. it just doesn't seem his style really. Uh, I think he'll just leave at the end of his contract. And then what was the other one? Uh, Arsenal finishing below Newcastle. See now, that's just stupid. <laughs> that's just that's. I'm so I'm so I'm sorry, Ollie, but that's just stupid. <laughs> that's you told, Ollie. That's you <laughs> told. Oh, uh, right. Okay, how do you follow up that one? Well, perhaps with this from John Ashley, David. Um, buckle up. I said Ollie Ollie Kirsch has got the most likes. This one got the most replies. He said, Dar- <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. Hot take from John Ashley. Darwin Nunes outscores Erling Haaland in the Premier League. Um, I mean, it's just not going to happen, is it? Darwin Nunes won't outscore Haaland if he played two seasons and backed them together against Haaland's <laughs> one. <laughs> I'll say that. He could do two seasons and he won't outscore Haaland. That's up. And Haaland only plays 60 minutes a game as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, if Haaland could only score with his right foot, he wouldn't out. He wouldn't out. Uh, he wouldn't be outscored by Darwin Nunes. Um, it really tickled me. And, and again, a few people. To be fair to him, I do think Darwin Nunes is going to have a really, really good season. Um, if he can get into that Liverpool front three, because it does look like the stats with talent. Obviously, again, no holding midfielder, which was a shame for them. But. I was going Haaland, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe Haaland pulls up in the first game of the season and he's out for the rest of the campaign. Who knows? Um, right, okay, let's have a few more from the contributors now. Uh, Peter MCFC Nuki asks, oh, sorry, says on Twitter, City will score at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Ollie, that's about as hot as you can get. So, um, I think I put a take on saying City don't lose at Spurs away, but my intention was nil nil. Uh, we're not scoring there. We'll never, sc- we'll never, we'll never score there. That will require a shaman, a witch, voodoo dolls, all sorts to get us a goal there. And I think, I think even if City, even if City somehow bungled a one nil win, there would definitely be an own goal. Yeah, yeah, uh, it really was. There's, there's ab- it's just, it's never happening. The the reputation of that stadium and this club is just inconceivable now it's not it's never happening it's gone mm-hmm. yeah um i i it was a great stadium fantastic visit but i don't think i ever want to see that place again until we get that first win um david this is a little bit tongue-in-cheek from the ginger wig friend of the show 
United to get relegated. And I think a few people have used it as a as an opportunity to poke fun at our Stratford-based neighbours, it has to be said. Um, even you yourself, your submission was Mount will have a worse goal and assist ratio this season than Grealish did in his first City season. So not, not much confidence surrounding Manchester United from the City fans, it has to be said. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're not going to get relegated as much as we all go to bed every night praying that it happens. It's, it's not going to happen. I think my one is probably <laughs> could quite easily happen. I don't. I just mm. don't see how Mason Mount has a good season. I don't know where he fits into the team. I don't know what he's going to bring to United. I and yeah, I just I just can't see it. And hopefully it does because I, I would love to be able to apply to the angry United fans on Twitter that slag Grealish off and say just have a look at Sancho and Mount's records. And come back to us. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I think my hot take was that Liverpool will finish above United. But even on the on the show on Tuesday, I think I said that United would be could could easily finish second. It's one of those pre seasons where you don't really have a clear idea of what's going to happen. Um, okay, then let's have this from Nathan Ollie. Pep may run the double striker formation. Now, that would be quite something. Obviously, we've seen Alvarez behind Haaland. To see him next to him as a two, I don't know. I don't think it will happen, but I want it to happen. I'm just trying to think. He he played Jesus and Aguero together a couple of times, but it was more Jesus was out. Gabby was out wide, wasn't he? More so, there was at the start uh, of the Centurion season. There was a, a a couple of games where they played three five two, and they were out and out yeah. strikers together. Yeah, I, I don't see it. I think I think I, I think we'll see Haaland and Alvarez play together a lot, but I think it'll be Alvarez in that sort of weird behind Haaland midfield role that mm. he gets to do. Um, I don't th- I don't think it's going to be a straight up three five two or four four two or whatever um, because. Pep cares more about having midfielders than he does about attackers. Like in terms mm. of in terms of being in the front line, mm. he will always want more. He will always want an extra body in the midfield, and that's what he uses Alvarez for when he plays him with Haaland. He doesn't, you know, mm. use Alvarez as a striker really. Um, it would be fun though. You start I'd playing like two strikers, it. they start moving side to side, and I, it would just pain me to see Haaland like drifting out wide and thinking, "Oh no, what's going on here?" He just look. He just needs to stay down the centre, doesn't he? And if you're playing two strikers, it's a lot more difficult to just stay in that sort of six-yard line. Yeah, yeah, it, it really would cramp that space, I feel. But it's, it kind of backs onto this one from the American citizen. Um, David, quickly then, they say Julian Alvarez will start more than 20 Premier League matches this season. I think a lot of people are expecting Alvarez to have not so much a breakout campaign because it was so good last time, but, you know, really go off and and, and make, a, make a claim for himself in the starting eleven. I'd quite like to see it. I think if if De Bruyne is not going to put in thirty plus games a season, then I would like to see Alvarez play in that position mm. as much as possible. The amount of competitions we've got, Haaland can't play whatever it might be, fifty five, sixty games in a season. So we'd be getting the nod up front as well at time to time. Um, and I think we have to play him, otherwise, people are going to be knocking on the door come next summer, being like, "Look, you need to come be our number number nine and it'd be such a shame to lose him through just not getting enough game time because we've got Big Earl up front. So I feel like Pep needs to get him in the side probably 20 times minimum to keep him happy to stay. 
Yeah. Um, it's one to watch. It, what it is one to watch, I do feel like he needs to play more football, but I don't think he's so necessarily suited to playing that just behind Haaland, especially against bigger teams. We saw it against Arsenal. It was a little bit flat, a little bit flaccid. Um, final one then, Oli, from Dylan. Edison will score a goal. I mean, it's not even that. It's not even that unthinkable. No, I mean, I, I mean, both our keepers are very adept at long punts up the pitch. Uh, you never know; he might catch, he might catch an opposition keeper off his line. Uh, if mm. if any goalkeeper is going to do it this season, it's going to be Edison, isn't it? I mean, we kind of say it every year. He'll he, Pep's finally going to let him take a penalty or something like that. Um, <laughs> that'll be interesting. Is is Edison still the best penalty taker at the club? Who knows? We haven't mm. heard anything on that for a few couple of years. Um, We've not had a goalkeeper goal though for a while. I feel like perhaps we are maybe due one. Was it Allison in the COVID season against West yeah, Brom? Yeah, the header. Yeah, I, think that was the last one. I feel like I mean more like the you know I remember Brad Free yeah, perhaps proper. doing one over yeah. Ben Foster's head. You know, a been a while. Been a while. I, I mean, it's that's funny because it's Ben Foster, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I'd, lo- I'd I'd I'd, lo- I'd love to see, I'd love to see it. I, w- I would never celebrate a goal more if Edison scored a long punt from. 20 yards outside his box and just punted it, punted it, an opposition keeper. It'd be so good. It would, it would it'd be so good. It would be a great laugh. Build a statue of, of that moment. <laughs> yeah. If anyone's going to do it, David, it'll be Edison. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. He, he, could, he could quite comfortably do it. He, I've not seen anyone be able to kick the ball as far as him. It, it's, it's frightening. Mm. From someone who played a bit of football, it, it, I, I couldn't kick it past the halfway line and he comfortably gets it <laughs> to the edge of their so box. So weird. And look so calm yeah. as well. Um, but quick question: Would you think if he was playing against Arsenal at the weekend, would he have been in the first five penalty takers? That's a good question because we've not had a penalty shootout for a good number of years. Um, no, but only be out of respect. I think he would have possibly, you know, I think he is the better penalty taker. Some of them penalties were horrendous. I don't know, Rodri standing up. His one against Spurs when he scored it a few years ago was terrible. But I think out of respect, I'm not quite sure Guardiola would sanction him doing that. Which is crazy, isn't it, really? Because if you've got a player that's so good at something, why yeah, why would you not let them do it? it it's, it's mad, but I, I probably agree that he wouldn't have. But the fans would have been crawling for it, wouldn't they? Hmm. Well, not that lot in at Wembley, but you know, a normal, a normal crowd would. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, there. true. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I mean, just just on that quickly. I mean, we saw the US keeper in the women's World Cup. She took one. I think mm. she was sixth in the lineup. Yeah. And we've seen Pickford yeah. take. I think we've seen Pickford take one for England before. And he was goalkeepers. Know, goalkeepers know how to leather a ball. I, th- I, I honestly, that that would be my like one football rule. Goalkeepers mm. have to be in the one to five of a penalty shootout. They have to be in the I first five it. takers because it'd be a good it. laugh as well. Yeah, we would see some good uh, good efforts. It has to be said. Uh, right, okay, let's call it a day there. Um, Burnley preview to come tomorrow. Something a little bit more orthodox ahead of the first game of the season tomorrow night. But David, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. Ollie, thank you very much. Thank you as well. And until next time, from me, Amos Murphy, we will see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. 
By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.